0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Creative Mountain Mama podcast. I am joined by Bethany Morris. She is a mama of four under five and everything she does is to encourage you on your motherhood journey. She keeps it super relatable and authentic on her page and I'm really excited to jump into it. Bethany, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am excited too, because I'm sure you have a plethora of funny stories. Has anything funny happened lately?
1: Okay. Okay. I hate to say the word funny to follow that up, but it's funny you said that because (laughs) I mean, not necessarily even motherhood, but like this morning I went and I'm working on a collaboration at a place called Ollie's and this happens to me. I don't know. There's just people like me, I think where if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. And as I was walking in, suddenly my mouth became so dry. Like it was just like, as I was walking, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm thirsty. And I went inside to find the manager and I opened my mouth and the world's most disgusting sound came out as I was trying to (laughs) talk. Like it wasn't even a word. It was just like, (laughs) and the manager was looking at me like, can I help you? And I was like, I think froggy from little rascals. I was like. I'm Bethany, and I'm here to film some content. <laughs> and um, so that happened, and I shared that on Instagram this morning, and I have just been laughing all day about it.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. I had one where I it was COVID, right? So we all had a mask, so I had to take off my mask to check in for my hair appointment. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> like, something stuck in my throat during that moment, and I had to leave the hair salon so I could oh my cough gosh.
1: privately. It's a new world. <laughs> it really was. I know there's always that person that's like, are they okay? And everyone's like, stay away from them. <laughs> Everyone crosses the street and yes, that's <laughs> exactly right.
0: So I know that you have uh, just a great presence online. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and how you started?
1: Yes. So um, gosh, it was just two years ago, almost to the date that I shared a video of my husband Elliot's reaction to finding out we were pregnant very unexpectedly with our third baby. And I had like kind of posted like, I think two videos on TikTok, just willy nilly. Cause before that social media for me was just, you know, fun. And then that video blew up. And at the time I'd been praying about an opportunity to leave where I was at with my career and, you know, God just really aligned everything perfectly and opened a door for income through social media, which he knew I would then need, because we found out that that was not one baby, it was two babies and it just worked out perfectly. And I've always loved, um, making videos and editing videos and just sharing parts of my story. So um, God just kind of weaved all of it together to give me an option to have a career in it. And it's been amazing.
0: Awesome. And I know you told me the most surprising part is the, once you get a lot of influence, there's a lot of criticism. And you said, I didn't know people would disagree with me because they never disagreed (laughs) before. So how do you overcome challenges and lean on your faith?
1: Um, this is one area of God is working on my heart and it's just to be totally transparent. It is something that before, like I said, I never expected it. So I probably haven't managed it um in the godliest way. Not that I've been, I've never been like a bully or mean to people, but I've always been someone who like, I'm going to stand up for myself And I think God is honestly teaching me like just to let it go. Like it doesn't matter. It's not impacting my kids. It's not impacting my life. It's not hurting my family. And really when it comes down to it, you know, when we share parts of our story online, that's real, like that's a tangible, real part of our life. But there's other parts like sharing an opinion or things like these other people, they're not in my life. That's not real. That's not impacting me. And I think God's like, I'll deal with that you just keep doing what I've called you to do on here. And, um, you know, kind of translates over outside of social media, just keeping my eyes fixed on what God's word says and not what the world says. And that's, um, been a challenge, but I'm really, I think God is softening my heart towards it lately. Oh, that's great. And to have
0: grace through the journey and, you know, getting to include others on that journey as well. Is there any common misconceptions or common questions that you get?
1: Um, gosh, I get, I feel like there's like different categories of questions like content creation, motherhood, twin life. I would I would say that um, a huge question I get asked is about like, how do you make money on social media? And sometimes I want to be like, I, I don't know, I'm with you because there's times like it's ebb and flow. I'm sure like you understand. It's like, it's just like any other like entrepreneur um endeavor. And so I think that's probably a hot question. A lot of questions about like navigating motherhood and postpartum because, you know, I think just moms are some of the loneliest people in the world. And, you know, we've kind of been conditioned to think we're just supposed to know. And so I think a lot of questions I get asked, I want people to know, like, I may not have the answer, but you are always welcome to ask. There is no such thing as a stupid question. Um, because we're all parenting differently. We're all different moms with different, you know, upbringings and different beliefs. And I just think that, um, I don't know, there's just no wrong question. So maybe people feel comfortable. So I have a wide variety and I certainly am not someone who knows everything, but I love sharing my experience and hopefully answering some of those questions.
0: There's a mama of four. You have been through it. (laughs) twins, right? People I'm sure feel like they can approach you with anything. Is there any one thing that you've done through all four babies? You know, we buy this product or we, you know, we always put them down this way. Can you share a couple of your best practices?
1: So for me, gosh, this is hard because I really feel like we are such, I'm not a minimalist by any means. Like I want to preface with that. But my mom really was like, when I had my first, my son, he was my first born. She was like, you just don't need a lot for babies. And I was like, whatever, mom, like, this is what they say online. This is what the apps say. Like, we've got to go to Target like tomorrow. And I guess what I've done is just taken this approach of like, we can always run up to the store and get it, um, but we don't need to have it on hand. So for all of my babies, I'm not kidding when I say we would have been fine and probably only used, you know, we had diapers and wipes. We had, I bought like what I would say special outfits that we'd wear for like pictures or like, you know, going to church. But outside of that, um, we just had the bare necessities. And there's nothing, and this is why I I make a terrible influencer because I, I'm often like, you don't need much, like you really don't. But one thing I would say we love, um, because all of my babies, we breastfed for a bit and then formula fed. And we consistently used the Dr. Brown bottles, the anti-colic ones. Does it make an impact on colic? I'll never know because quite honestly, I think it's just colic is just that season. And then um, what was the other thing? We bought each of our babies a couple of like the bamboo, like the really nice pajamas. And because they last so long and really we used my son and daughters through all of our babies, like we passed those, those down and they lasted forever. I'm normally a cheapskate, but when it came to that, I was like quality over quantity, highly recommend
0: and it sounds like, you know, you've kept those on hand. You're prepared for the next one. Are you guys going to continue or are you guys happy with the
1: bird you have? I think that I am for sure done. I say, I think I know I am done. I think that like, of course there's a part of me like that aches as they're getting older, but I'm like, I just feel very complete and quite honestly, just like you know how it is when you have like the first few months after baby, the newborn phase. In my opinion, for myself, was always the most challenging, and I think it's most challenging as you have more kids because newborns require so much. And when we had the twins, you know, I had a one and three-year-old. It was so hard to manage my time and be like, "Am I giving enough to everyone?" Because I certainly don't feel like it. So the thought of having another one, even if I was like mentally, I'm strong, like I'm game while everyone's so little, I can't even let my mind go there. So I would say like 99% sure we're done. Unless everyone's like in school, like five or six years down the road. Who knows? I mean, I'm 29. So I don't know. <laughs> Let's see.
0: You're at 29. You had your four already. Is there any advice that you'd give a mama that's trying to decide if she wants
1: to stay at home with her babies or go back to work? This always gets touchy I feel because there's no wrong answer. And here was my mindset. I always said like, after I had my son, I was a teacher and I could not imagine ever like just going back full time. And plus the cost of daycare where I live and making as much as I was making as a teacher, I was like, well, I could DoorDash in the evenings and make that much. So I found an online job as a special education teacher and it gave me a really flexible schedule. I just think it's such a personal decision. For me, I like to work. I always will like to work, even if it's after my kids go to bed until you know midnight. I, I just have that mindset. I love doing it and having something outside of being at home with my kids all day. Um, not that that's not the best purpose and calling ever, but mentally, I think there's just, God makes everyone, everyone different. Like we have different gifts and talents and that's just something he's given me. Um, so for me, I said, as far as finances, it was never an option just to be a stay-at-home mom, not just to be, because that's a whole <laughs> it's a job in itself. But for me, I always was um I've always had to find a way of providing income. And, you know, I prayed when I had my son and said, God, for all of my babies, I just want to be home the first year. If, if that's a possibility, like please provide. And he has. I've been able to stay home. Now with that, I think we're done for now. I could look at going back and doing like giving a little more time here and there, but um. it's such a personal decision. Like my sister's my best friend. She works full time and her schedule works for her and her family. And that she works harder than anyone I know. And she's also the best mom I know. So, you know, nothing, I think there's just this stigma with like, if you choose the wrong thing, you're a bad mom when it's just so different for everyone and using your gifts and talents and the way that God created you to use them is going to look different for everyone.
0: That's so good because it's not of the world. It's not black and white. It's actually what God's put on your heart and your calling and what you're able to uniquely offer. I would trust my kids to you as a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so, you being in that classroom, right? You have the ability to impact the future generation. And you being with your kids is, you know, beautiful. You get to impact them directly. And is there any tips for frustrating moments or seasons like you spoke to before
1: again with just like purely experience I'm not a professional but based on like things I've read and research and I have seen a counselor for you know the postpartum depression and anxiety I've pinpointed that my reaction does not have to demonstrate how I'm feeling. So like with my son when he was um, when the twins were born, he was three, a uh, three and a half and at that age you know you're starting to have take on some new behaviors and things. and I really found myself like torn between like I'm justified because my hormones are regulated and he's just dumped an entire bag of rice on the floor like naturally yes, I'm angry because I'm a human, I am so angry, I'm livid but I can't react livid to my three-year-old. And I really struggled with that. I mean, it's crazy to say like, I would feel like that with a two-year-old because they're two. In hindsight, it's like, oh, they were so little. And I would still react angrily before the twins were born. So I think once I kind of pinpointed, okay, I'm allowed to feel this way. It is okay, 100%. If my husband walks in the kitchen and dumps a bag of rice on the floor, like I'm gonna be like, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) But it's just like literally learning and looking at myself and being like, you can feel that way, but you can't react. And especially to, to kids, but it's also simultaneously, like, simultaneously, like, but I need to teach them not to do this. Um, so I just really feel like, and I'm still like a work in progress, but learning to balance all three of those things, like you're justified, you can't react that way, but you do have to discipline and parent your child and teach them. It's like truly just a song and dance and learning and I'm by no means a professional, but it's have it's gotten significantly better over the years. So my my advice would just be, you know, shaming yourself and guilting yourself will never, ever change your behaviors. Like there is such thing as godly remorse. And I think that's a beautiful gift because we need to feel bad and we've done wrong. But to shame yourself constantly, because I did that for a long time. I was like, oh, I just feel bad every night. Like I can't believe I did that we have to just turn away from it and figure out a different way to react. We can't just camp out there and keep doing the same thing.
0: And I'm sure you've had your seasons of trials, seasons of, you know, fun times, season of tiny shoes and the, and the cute things. Do you have a word for a mama in the newborn phase, just
1: starting out? (laughs) So I think that they're, everyone's different because like my sister would take a million newborns and like board them in her house because she just loves the newborn season. I will never say like, oh, I hated it. Like it was just awful. It was very mentally taxing. I think it is for everyone, but some people are maybe more sensitive to it. And that was me. So if you're one of those moms, I would just encourage you and let you know that it does not last forever. And you do not have, people always say like, soak it up. You don't have to soak it up. Take pictures and try to enjoy what you can, but it is okay if you don't want to soak up the you know three a.m. feeding when you're like crying and you're wondering like when will this get better? That's hard to soak up, so it always made me feel bad. when people are like, you're gonna miss it, soak it up. I was like. I will miss like this season of like, we're starting our family. Like we have this new addition. I love this tiny baby and I'm learning about this baby and I'm bonding with this baby, but I'm never going to look back. I promise you when I'm 80 and say like, if I could go back in time to any point in my life, I'm going to go back to that 3 a.m. when I was miserable crying on the floor and, and just mentally <laughs> knocked, knocked out. But like, those are seasons I won't miss. So it, it's okay to just be in between. Like, I'm not going to fast forward the season can't really soak it up. I'm going to take what I can and breathe out the rest. Just honestly breathing sounds crazy. I am not like a yoga girly at all, but like I breathe sometimes when I'm getting angry or I'm like, Oh my like anxious. You just breathe it out.
0: You keep reminding me of something I heard. If you're wondering if you should have one more, it's not Asking yourself if, you know, we can have one more. It's really just evaluating the mom that you are in this moment. Are you, you know, showing up for your kids? Are you breathing through those hard moments? Are you praying through the difficulty? And that, whether or not you decide to have one more kid from that little piece of advice or that little tidbit, but it just helps you feel, okay, overall, you know, I am really trying. I'm really doing this. I am doing this with four under five. And it's more about just kind of the grace that that, that little tidbit of advice gives each mama. I know you talk about your sister a lot. Are there other people that inspire you on your journey?
1: I feel like I am very blessed to have a lot of friends who had babies around the same time I did. Um, honestly, my neighbor, it was such a God thing. So she and I, um, did not know each other when I moved in and she's about five or six years older than I am, but her husband and his family, my family actually grew up with and went to high school with the connection was so weird, but she is truly, Such an inspiration to me. And she's right next door. And I just know God planted us next to each other for a reason. We've walked through so many similar seasons. Our kids are about the same age. Like within one or two years, she has a little boy and a little girl, um, about the same age as my older two. And um, I don't know what it is exactly, but she's just so she's like that calm mom that everyone looks at and they're like, I want to respond like that. Like, and I think when you put yourself around people like that, it helps you. Um, to react that way to your own kids. Like I was saying, if I had never seen her, like when her son was doing something when he was three and she was like, Oh, like, let's go talk to the side, like not to embarrass him and talking calmly. And I was like, Oh, I would lose my mind when I see someone do that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's what I want to do for my kids. Because look at the relationship. And I, I truly feel like when you become a mom, cause I've been guilty of it. I used to be so social, love to do things with people you become a mom and it's like, I just want to be an island. I don't want to leave the house. Like, I don't want to risk my child embarrassing me in public or in front of other kids. And that's not how it's designed to be. And there have been times, even with my closest friends that are moms that I grit my teeth and I'm like, yes, I'll go to the play date because I know I need to. I've never left and said, man, I'm really like mad that I did that. I should never do that again. I always leave feeling inspired, encouraged, and like, Okay, I'm going to take some of the things they did and try to do that in my own walk as a mom.
0: So good seeing the ladies in our life. I have a neighbor too; she's Yay. a um, practicing therapist. But the way she talks to her little kids, it's like the PBS Kids teachers, <laughs> but in <laughs> yeah. human form. And you're like, wow, I wish I could talk to my kids like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love those exactly right. Me too. That's why. I think that's why we lean on each other in kind of this internet era, right? I was always feeling indebted to the ladies that went on mommy blogs and, and did share and did say, you know, these are hard moments and we're living through them together. And I think that's what you're doing. And I always felt gratitude to those people. Thank you for taking that extra moment to share and sit down and edit and, you know, do what you do because it it is lonely when you're especially in that newborn stage and you feel like you can't go outside, let alone to a play date, um, which I know, which gets better in time. Are there any grace-saving daily routines
1: that you turn to every day as your cornerstone? So, Outside of the obvious, like reading my Bible and devotional, which truly like can be a battle when you become a mom, because before kids, you have this quiet time and it's like, then you have kids and, you know, one baby and it's like, okay, I can still, you know, get to that. Then they get older and there's not maybe a nap time and you just can't count on it. I have learned that I am much more productive when I set aside that time to spend with God um, even for myself, it's quiet. Like even going to church, this sounds silly. Um, I told my husband, I was like, we're going every week because that's free childcare for an hour. <laughs> it <Like>, feels <laughs> like a date almost sometimes it's like you go and you sit down and it's quiet, but every single day I set aside that time. And it might even be in my car, the 15 minutes before I'm getting my kids from school, I might purpose to leave a little bit early. Um, it doesn't have to look like what it used to. And that's what I really struggled with at first. I wanted my morning time with my hot coffee and like my Bible and my journal It doesn't look like that now it really doesn't it looks messy um to in my opinion but to god it's not messy um when you're spending time with him you know he doesn't care how you get there he just wants you there and that's something that the past year has really stretched and grown me in because my answer was like can't get to it it's too hard we're just not going to do it we'll fit it in when we can um and it was just never meant to look that way when you prioritize it in the mess there's just something special about it
0: thank you so much I appreciate you hopping on and our conversation. Absolutely.